blog, blog, blog. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're the talk of the town. WebmasterRadio.fm. Thanks for listening. Cover story. Cover a story or attain that coveted story. Get it? That is exactly what you want. Quoted as the expert, the story, headline, the spin. Every week, join us to talk about all things important to relating to the public. Your public. Craft your image. Promote your products. Create expert status. Become the buzz. Join us with the pros. PR 101. Crisis management. Media blitzing. It's all here on Cover Story. We're reserving a headline for you. Hey, everyone. This is Brandy Shapiro-Babin with Webmaster Radio, and I am flying solo today. Um, unfortunately, Mick uh, and David are not able to join us today, so it is uh, just me. So uh, instead of attempting to have some witty repartee with myself, today was actually the perfect perfect day, I think, for them to choose not to be here, because our guest is uh, an absolute expert in creating the perfect conversation, how to, be, uh, how, to, how to traverse through all sorts of communications waters, and she's written a fabulous book, and we are very excited to have her. Her name is Margaret Shepard, and she is the author of The Art of the Handwritten Note Comes the Next Step in Reclaiming Social Civility, A Sophisticated Guide to the Timeless Art of Personal Communications, The Art of the Civilized Conversation, A Guide to Expressing Yourself with Style and Grace. Welcome, Margaret. Hello. It's nice to be here. I'm so glad. <laughs> so would you help me with my, my, my witty repartee, please? I, you know, you did that all in one breath. I was so amazed. <laughs> a high-wire act. Uh, yes, that's, thank you. That's me, looking down at a crowd of amazingly wonderful people. So, mm. How are you? How is Boston? Well, it's hot. I mean, uh, not a, probably not as hot as you're used to, but it's hot for us. And so I mean, I'm actually a fellow Bostonian. Ah, okay. So well, I'm, I'm from, from Iowa, and we don't call this heat. I mean, 110 is hot out in Iowa, but in Boston, they're dying. They're just like, oh, my God. Give us back our soggy yes. winters. So let me ask, may I ask you where in Boston you live? live right downtown in Back Bay. Really? I used to live in the back bay as well. Oh, my gosh. We probably have run into each other because I've been here 28 years. Wow. You know what? We probably have. I've I've been down here for a decade, which is aging myself, but I bet you anything that we probably have absolutely come in contact. Yeah. You probably tripped over my cat on Clarendon Street. No. (laughs) You probably have. Everybody has. That's so great. Is that what you're infamous for, Your, your cat? Yep. That's terrific. So let's start talking because this is so important. You know, all of our listeners are, you know, they're, they're public relations professionals and they're all and they're business people. And you know, everyone ends up uh, doing a lot of business virtually over the internet. And I think that you know, it's it's it's, it's hard sometimes. A, we're um, really working in a world. You know, we we work behind this veiled ca- curtain called the internet, so it's a one-dimensional yeah. media. And then we go to a lot of trade shows or in meetings. And, you know, it, it's important to be able to know how to, to read people, to, to be able to understand what it is that you're trying to achieve while not insulting someone else. Mm-hmm. 
How does well, one and start? I think also you're doing just what anybody does any time they communicate at all, which is create some kind of relationship, some shared area that you're both concerned about and you're interested in, and so then you go to that area and connect with each other. Yes, you, you agree that that's the best way to approach. Well, otherwise, if you start from the other end and say, well, you know, this is only about making friends, there are a lot of conversations that have other agendas. Yeah, you treat each other in a civilized way, you enjoy each other, but it may not be primarily about getting to know each other and being friends. You can get a really interesting relationship going with the people you work with, with the other professionals in your field, and you can have wonderful conversations. <clears throat> but you don't have to pretend that you're all just primarily friends. You have other things that connect you. Right, which is, which is true. I mean, at the end of the day, we, you know, I, I personally made a, uh, my partner and myself actually created a pact that we weren't going to do business with anyone we didn't like. Hmm. And it didn't mean I necessarily, you know, wanted to break bread with you every day or wanted to socialize with you, but you have to be someone that we respect, you know, because at the end of the day, enthusiasm and breeds enthusiasm. And if we can have some fun working together, yeah. then it makes our lives a lot easier. Yeah, and every person who's really difficult and hard to communicate with um, can drain you. So you can take a few of those people, but... What you really want is people who will cooperate in sending the conversational ball back and forth. This is very true. So let's talk about, let, let's first talk to maybe the person who's, who's shy, who is out in the business world, who is trying to work their way up the ladder, and they're trying to, because you know, we all have an agenda at the end of the day. Yeah. What are some of the best, the easiest skills, let's say, for them to start working on that allow them to, you know, have a better conversation, open people up so that they start to have a communication flow that will get them what they need? Um, maturing helps somewhat with that in that there are just more topics that you have some information about, some experience with. Um, you're more cultured. You go to more things. You've had more life experiences. You know, it's different when you're 20 and you ask someone about their kids or about their neighborhood or about their trip. And when you're 40 and you ask someone the same questions, you've been there. You've, um, you know, you've had the experiences they're having. So you have to work a little harder at expanding yourself. But Absolutely. Um, let's get back to that word, the shy person, because mm -hmm. I think everybody at one time or another may feel shy but you've got to just get rid of that feeling. Shy means self-centered. I oh, hate good to for be you. brutal about it. Okay, good for you. So how do you get past being, which is interesting, I've never heard of a shy as being described that way. So A, why would you describe shy as being self-centered? Because if, you're, if you walk into a, a room full of people and you feel like, oh, my God, I don't know what to say, I don't know how to break the ice, you're thinking about yourself. What you want to do is go into that room and say, who can I talk to here? Who would like to talk about this, that, or the other thing that I'm excited about? How can I find some people to get started with? And there are lots of strategies for that. Once you stop saying, well, I'm shy, so X, Y, Z can't happen. But how do you get it? Because it's easy to say that, right? Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I have my little thing. I always try to push people a little bit past their boundaries of comfort because I, I think that's healthy. Yeah. And it, I like to make sure that people have a pulse every once in a while. Mm -hmm. But it's easy to say, how do you get someone 
to, I mean, you know, you've got, there's some brilliant people out there that could be doing a lot better, that could be feeling a lot better about themselves, but at the end of the day, they are, they're shy, they don't know how to go up and approach someone, they don't know how to start that conversation. What, what, what is it that you can instill in them that gives them that confidence to move forward? Um, just a, a kind of a list of, uh, you know, sort of a crib sheet of how to get started. Also a kind of a battle plan. I mean, nobody likes to walk into a room where they don't know anybody. Um, I, I mean, <laughs> well, <laughs> you're, you're very few people um, regard that as a challenge. And it is a challenge. I mean, it's, it's sort of like, well, you know, can you make bricks without straw here? Can you... Go to somewhere you don't know anybody and end up knowing people in a, in a you know, a, a meaningful way. And mm-hmm. one way you do that is by stepping outside you and your worries and thinking about the other people as, you know, conceptually they want to meet you. There's just kind of this threshold you need to get over to make them comfortable with approaching you rather than thinking, oh, I'm so uncomfortable, I can't approach them. Um, for instance, if I go to a party, if there's a host, I find the host. I mean, that's just good manners. And mm-hmm, frequently absolutely. I'll say, I don't know anybody. Who should I meet? Okay, that's right, a which sure is excellent. Thing. There'll be one and person. Be, and, be, and be confident in that. Like, yeah, it's okay I mean, to admit, you know what, I'm here because I run a publishing company. So I want to meet the best authors or, or, or would-be authors in the room. That's my agenda. Yeah. So you're saying yeah. it's okay to state what your intentions are. Yeah, I okay. mean, and and it's no shame to say I don't know anybody here. Where should I start? Okay, once you know one person, then it's easy. You talk to that person, you listen to that person, and pretty soon, you find a way to take a third person and draw them in. Introduce your new acquaintance. If you're not getting along well, you can kind of fade out then and start over. Um, if there isn't a host. Then you have to strategize a little more, but one thing you can do, a lot of people have learned to do this through the MIT Charm School, is mm-hmm. go with a friend. And then the two of you work the room sort of on behalf of each other. All right, okay. And once you meet somebody, then you hand them off to your friend, and your friend hands somebody off to you. Suddenly you've got a group of four people who all are sort of introduced and have some synergy going, and if they find somebody who's particularly on your wavelength at a professional kind of networking party, you've got double the presence then. You've got two people hunting instead of one. Right, which, you know, presence is key. And speaking about presence being key, um, why don't we run to a quick commercial break so we can pay a little homage to our fabulous advertisers, and I'll be right back with our featured guest, Margaret Shepard. Stick around. Cover Story. We'll be back after this short break. Did you know about one out of five visitors are immediately bouncing off your site? Now, monetize this bouncing traffic with StopBounce.com. Log on to StopBounce.com today and discover how easy it is to generate revenue from this previously untapped source, all while enhancing user experience. Earn money for each visitor leaving your site now with StopBounce.com. Turn lost opportunities into found profits. It's all about links, baby. 
Content is king, but links are what you need to get you those all-important organic search listings. Float to the top of your keyword listings within the major portals while driving targeted traffic to your website at the same time. Work with a company with a proven track record for delivering results for thousands of individual website owners and major Fortune 500 companies. TextLinkAds.com is your source for securing relevant links. Baby, TextLinkAds.com. For the last decade, millions of visitors seeking top ranking have visited their site. When it comes to the internet marketing expertise, one name clearly stands above the rest. Bruce Clay Incorporated. With a flexible, time-tested, and spam-free process to SEO and PPC, Bruce Clay has become the number one choice for companies of all kinds seeking to improve their search engine ranking, utilize their latest tools, training, consulting, and services. Let Bruce Clay create a tailored solution to meet your internet marketing needs today. Bruce Clay Incorporated. Once a tool used exclusively for communicating with the media, PR Web was the first company to develop a distribution strategy around direct-to-consumer communication by implementing Web 2.0 technologies. PR Web has completed the online communication loop by directly engaging your audience with your news. For example, PR Web is the first newswire to integrate press release trackback. Whether you want to dominate your market or just make a little noise, PR Web is here to help. You thrive in the marketplace and the media. PR Web. Wow, looks like you caught another one. Yeah, thanks. That uh, makes 23 so far. You're kidding me. I haven't caught a thing yet. Really? Well, what kind of bait are you using? Same as you. Well, then maybe it's where you're fishing. What do you mean? Well, if you want to catch fish, don't throw your line out in the middle of a big lake. Take a smart look around for where the fish congregate, like over by this log. So I just have to look smart, huh? That's right. It's all about fishing where the fish are. Learn how you can fish where the fish are. Go to signup.looksmart.com. Signup.looksmart.com. Commercials off. Now back to Cover Story. We're reserving a headline for you. Only on Webmaster Radio.fm. Here's your host. Hey everyone, this is Brandy Shapiro Babin, and I am once again joined by my featured guest today, Margaret Shepard. Welcome back. Hello. <laughs> so, shy people. So, we oh, never yeah. got through. Shy people. So how do you? How do we say that they're um, self-centered? Like how Shy do you people are worried about themselves and what people will think of them. I mean, that's even more boring than thinking about yourself. Um, <laughs> people who are interesting are interested, and they know that even if somebody's not that interested in them, they're a good listener. A good listener is always welcome. It really is true. No, oh, absolutely. And people, at the end of the day, people do like to talk about themselves. Or they like do. to talk and, about a passion And rightly so, yeah. I mean, if we I, have time, I'd like to turn you inside out and find out everything about your field. That's, that's, <laughs> the, next, so that's the next hour. <laughs> you're so cute. I'd love to be interviewed. Yeah. I really would. <laughs> I think that would be fun. So thank you. And if I was turned inside out, if you could turn me inside out and then snip about seven inches off either side, ah. you, you'd be my goddess. Oh, that's the next book. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, so let's talk about, so now, so now you've got this shy person. And you know you've got them at you know a trade show or networking function, and they finally got to the point where they said, okay, I have to put my best foot forward. I work for a great company. I'm representing myself. What have you? 
what's the easiest way for them to engage in like a, a simple let me make contact with you, engage you kind of conversation? Um, there's a kind of protocol that works in absolutely every conversation, which is don't skip over the first parts, which are the courtesies, hello, how are you, my name is such and such, nice to meet you, okay? Don't rush through that directly to the next part. It may seem like, oh, you know, we, we, we're such fast-moving people that we don't need to do all that bowing and scraping. It's not true. Just slow down. The next step is always to exchange facts. My name is, I'm from such and such a place, you know, who, the, the information about yourself and about them. Okay, nobody's going to judge you on that. You don't have to be shy about that. Okay. Third okay. step I mean, is find out what the person thinks. I mean, what's their opinion on what's going on in the field? If you don't know their field, one wonderful question is, you know, what's the controversy in your field, tell me about it. You know, mm-hmm. what are the latest questions that have people all excited? After you've heard their opinions, finally, and maybe not even the first conversation, then you can get into feelings. But don't skip to feelings immediately. That's fatal. That's a terrible way to connect with anybody until you've done all the other steps. Right, because that makes you seem ingenuous. Yeah, and then where are you going to go from there? <laughs> right, right. And no, why should they care if they don't even know you? That's so very you true. Need, you need to, and, and, of course, in these semi-professional relationships, what really counts is the information and the opinions. That's the real kind of core of what you can do for each other. Inform, throw some light on things, say where you stand. I mean, that's a really interesting persona to get to know. You don't have to show them your insecurities and your real inner self the way you would with a friend. Okay. Okay, I understand. So so you're almost saying, you know, especially for the shy person, create this persona for yourself that's well-defined so that you can feel comfortable within your safety zones but get yeah. you where you need to go. Yeah. You don't have to put your whole self on the line. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's just you, the professional. And you, the person who's comfortable with what they do for a living and who likes it, who loves it, you know, that's, they don't need to know all your inner worries and insecurities. That's yeah, my, my, my six inches being taken off of either side of me, right? Well, <laughs> well we all feel that way. <laughs> but, um, okay, so now let me ask you a question. Let, let, moving on, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump all over the place today. Mm-hmm. Um, so now, you know what, you're really ticked off at someone. Right? You think they're not doing their job. Maybe they are doing their job, but you know what? They're just not being nice. Maybe you're in a bad mood. How do you deal with these people? How do you not have a conversation that you can't take back? There are a couple of really good guidelines on that. First is, as you said, maybe you're having a bad day. Try to kind of separate that out and untangle it. Um, and that doesn't mean that your feelings and, and your bad day doesn't matter. It just means you can't ask the other person to solve that. All Correct. you can ask them to do is modify what they're doing. If okay, you're then. close enough to the person, you can say, you know, the fact that you whistle all day long really is getting to me. I'm unhappy about it. Right. You don't say you're a bad person because you're whistling all day long. 
Right, you or say, throw a shoe at them. Right. You can talk about your feelings if you know them well enough, that this is really, it's impossible for you to live with and think I mean, you're really unhappy. But yeah, that I agree with. That I did, and I don't mean to interrupt, but that I, I agree with. I think, you know, predominantly eight out of ten times people don't mean to hurt each other. Mm. And if you can communicate how you feel and what you need, people yeah. would be very responsive to it. Like, oh, my God, A, I didn't realize I was whistling, and yeah. B, if it's upsetting you, then I can stop, versus it turning into a tumultuous event at the end of the day because now you've, you something else is actually, you know, topple the apple cart, yeah, so to speak. Yeah, you've blown your stack. Yeah, um, so really communicate your feelings up front and, and ask for what you need. Yeah, and do it in a business-like way. I mean, you can say, you know, this makes me so nervous I can't make these phone calls then because there's that noise in the background. Um, but the other thing is, and I think people don't realize that, you know, you can't, uh, there's an old rule, criticize someone to their face. Praise them on paper, but criticize out loud, in person, one-on-one, you know, personally, face-to-face. Don't write down criticism. Don't send it in an email. <laughs> right. This is such a cowardly thing to do, and it's so tempting. Well, and it's also something, too, you know, once again, you can't take that back. It's a one-dimensional media. Yeah. yeah. And it's there always, you know, vis-a-vis having a conversation. You have the opportunity to take something back, mm-hmm. you know, reorient well, you yourself to it. Or to just simply reaction. deny it at the end of the day. I never said that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and, you know, if you've ever been uh, in that situation, if you write it down, you keep writing. Because the person isn't responding while you're writing, you know, you're... You type a little more, and you think about it, and then you get mad because you're still mad. Pretty soon, you've said a lot more than on paper than you really meant to, just because they're not there to, to say, oh, yeah, you're right, mm-hmm. or, gee, I'm sorry. And you always say more than you should when you criticize on paper or on email. No, that's well put. So yeah. how do you how do you deal with a person in business who, you know, maybe they're they're a service oriented person. You're trying to you know, they're they're meant to render services for you and they're not rendering the services and they really kinda could care less. Or you're trying to negotiate a contract and things are getting heated and you're getting uncomfortable. Mm. What are the best ways to diverse those sort of waters? You know, don't don't pretend it's not happening. Don't be sort of euphemistic and coy and, and antsy and, you know, like beat around the bush. If, if you practice, and, and you can practice ahead of time, get someone to stand there and be that person, and you approach them with what you're going to say. It really helps a lot. So you're not, you know, your stomach isn't churning. You're not kind of overdoing it or underdoing it. You can just say, Let, I need to talk to you. Okay, right away you say it's sort of you and them together solving a problem. We've got a problem here. I need to talk to you about how we can solve it. This isn't working out for my company or for me. Here's what I think could work out, but I'd like to hear your side of it. I don't, I, I, you know what? There's nothing else I can do for you. I'm sorry. Take it or leave it. There's nothing else I can do. See, that's a tough one. Right. Where do you go from there? Yeah. Then you say, well, I mean, sometimes you can say, well, I'll have to check, but I think we're at an impasse here. 
and I think we're going to have to come up with some other solutions. But see, this is getting off a little off topic for the kind of book that okay. I've written and the kind of conversations. This isn't about negotiating. It's about conversations that have to do with, that, that are really about the connection between the two of you. Okay. This may be somebody you deal with all the time. In that okay. case, I don't think they'd respond that way. But they may. But they may because people do have bad days. So sometimes it is hard to, you know, make a connection with someone even that you're very, you know, close with because they, have made, they, have made, they may have hit an impasse. Yeah. So, you know, I was just wondering because, you know, from your expert status, how sometimes you can, um, you know, and of course this is difficult because especially if you're more intimate with a person, like, in a, you know, your business partner's with them or you're, you mm-hmm. know, they're a client of yours or what have you and you need something from them and they're just having like a horrible day, you know, fine, you can walk away for a couple of hours if it's time sensitive, you know, but how you can sometimes get through to people when they don't have the ability to see clearly and you're trying to help them or you, or you need them to help you. Well, I'd say just keep broadcasting. I'd say, you know, can we talk about this tomorrow after we've each checked with our, mm-hmm. you know, our bosses or whoever you can kind of lay that off on? And, and sometimes it is, it, you can let them save face. They go check with somebody, they come back to say, well, we can give you 5%. You know, but it isn't like they've, they've caved in. And sometimes people just hate to look like they're caving in even though it's just meeting you halfway when you're meeting them halfway. But if you know this person from a business relationship that has some, you know, some polite, interested kind of human side to it, then frequently that really helps develop the trust and helps them feel like there's a connection there that they want to preserve. You know, they don't want to screw you because then you won't deal with them anymore. No, absolutely, and I think that leads to, you know, another one of your specialties, which is when to leave, you know, when not to recognize a conversation or when to have a, you know, have a conversation unspoken. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I don't want to get out of my depth here talking about business negotiation and, and sort of uh, administrative kind of conversations because this is really about person-to-person, not job-to-job Oh, no, absolutely. So just in general, you know, sometimes when, when conversations should be left, you know, unspoken versus pursued. Oh, you mean when disagreements don't resolve. Yeah. You know what? I disagree with lots of my friends, and over the years we just learned either to kind of um, take a light touch on it or to just not go there. And I think you can do that with business people, too, maybe even more. Because there's just no point in kind of raking up a lot of topics that you're not ever going to resolve when what you really want to do is kind of work together on this limited area that you always work on. That makes sense? That's, no, that makes, you know what, that makes a tremendous amount of sense. That makes yeah. a tremendous amount of sense. So like, share with me one of your, one of your favorite um, you know, stories or anecdotes of, of creating fabulous conversation, if you would. Hmm. I don't know. I had an uncle who we always said could make a conversation with a brick wall. Um, I don't know that I've got a favorite. I, I do know that I can tell you where the book came from, and this, this builds on what we were just saying. I sat down to just make a little 
list for my friends of mm-hmm. 20 polite ways to say no. Ah, I don't, okay. I don't know if you're ever us, in a, a conversation. A lot of us have that issue. Yeah, and I think <laughs> a lot of women have that issue, but just mm-hmm. people in general, they, and they don't want to say no. I mean, I've, I've been in conversations where someone would ask me to say, be on a committee that's going to do X, Y, Z. And no matter what I say, they don't hear the no. They just mm-hmm. don't want to hear it. Um, it's like somebody, you know, somebody on the street is trying to sell you something. They just they want that money in your billfold, and they just can't believe that you won't give it to them. And the same way with someone who wants you to do something. And, you, I mean, that was where the book came from, that there are, there are ways to, to hold your ground. You don't have to please everybody. You know, that's very true. So let, let's talk about some of those top, you know, those top, uh, like how, how do you get to say no, and how do you, how do you create no so that someone can hear it and in, an, in a respectful, artful way? You don't um, dilute it. You don't say, I'd really like to, but I can't. Because then all they hear is, I'd really like to. <laughs> right, right, exactly. They hear what they want to hear, and they hear the yeah. maybe. They hear that there's an opening. Yeah. So you say, thank you, but I can't possibly. Mm-hmm. Excellent. I, I just can't. Um, you, in, if you want to be tactful, you can say, I'm not taking on any new projects. That, that's a good one. That's, instead of saying, I'm so busy. Um, just say, I'm not taking on any new projects for the next year. That, that'll get you out of a lot of scrapes. Right, and, you know, and, and perhaps say something like, you know, what I, what I try to do is, is be as honest with people as possible. I don't want to commit to you that I'm going to do something, and then, you know, our, you know your expert, um, expectations aren't met. Yeah, I have, I mean, I have a paraphrase for that one, which is, even if you get me to say yes now, I'll let you down later, and you'll be really unhappy. <laughs> that See, always there you go. Them yeah, well, and, because and I know that's what will happen. Well, and that's a nice, it's a nice way of keeping a connection and being honest, because at the end of the day, if someone has a responsibility that they need to fulfill, and you can't fulfill it, everyone's going to end up looking bad. So they know yeah, that, you know what, exactly. this is great. Margaret's yeah. wonderful. I can enjoy her. I'm sure I can tap into her in certain ways. But in order for me to get X, Y, and Z done, i.e., like, you know, filling the seat on a committee, I need to look elsewhere. You know, I'd rather get a thousand no's and one yes than two million maybes. Yeah, yeah. Or a couple of fraudulent yeses that are going to let you down. So that that really, uh, that particular conversation over the years was one... um, I really felt people needed a little moral support to stick up for themselves. Good for you. Good for you. So this is so this was the the the, the genesis of, of creating the book. Yeah, yeah, and that's at that point I felt it was an art. That is, you can just say no, but art always means you do a little more than the minimum. You mm-hmm. make more of it, so you want to keep the connection going. You don't want to say no in a way that makes a person feel that whatever they asked, you'd never do it. You know, it's, and it's nothing personal. Right, you or know? minimizes, you know, maybe the fact that, you know, the respect that they asked you to do something or that what they yeah. place importance on isn't important to you, that you respect them. So I, I agree with that completely. You know, here's one I should have put in the book. When someone asks you to do something, you just say, I couldn't possibly, but what kind of person are you looking for? There okay. you go. 
right away, you're on their side. You've showed you'd like to help somehow. And I think professionally, that's the kind of attitude that people will remember. Well, I agree. Aside from the fact it's probably one of the best, you know, the best form of advertising is word of mouth. And if you get a lot of people out there working for you to help you try to achieve what you're getting, you know, where you're trying to go, I think that's, yeah. that's fabulous. And you're yeah. also showing that you're championing them as well. Brilliantly stated. Brilliantly yeah. stated. So now let's get back to, because, um, you know, I, I think the interesting thing is, you know, now you've got, we, we, we've, we've traversed waters with the, the shy person. Mm-hmm. What about the extrovert? Oh, gosh. Sometimes you just feel like you'll sit back and watch them perform. But in some ways that's not the best idea because um, sometimes they just don't know how to put on the brakes. They okay. get going and, you know, they they kind of take over the role of the most interesting person in the room. But it's not a contest, you know. It's a level playing field. Everybody's interesting. They just have better performance skills. Okay, so how do they know, how, how, how should an, an extrovert, you know, which, which is, you know, it's hard relabeling these things, but when should someone know when to put the brakes on? When it's, hey, you know what, there's a, there's a room full of people yeah. and there's not a spotlight here on you and it's not behooving you to act this way. How does someone know how to personally govern, you know, put a governor on themselves? Well, they could shut up. I mean, that's, <laughs> you know, there's, I mean, I always uh, have to watch it when someone says, well, how's the book going? Well, you know, 20 minutes later, I'm still yakking about this fascinating topic if I don't watch out. Give yourself absolute tops, four minutes. Okay. I mean, four just, minute max to do your own oh, personal tap And you'd be surprised. I mean, people will go for 20 minutes sometimes. But... Don't talk for more than four minutes. Give the conversation, hand it off to the next person, and it's easy to do. You just say, um, well, tell me how you've handled this. Or, you know, take like if you've been talking about your hometown, tell me about your hometown. Tell me about your class reunion. Tell me how you handled a recruiting party. Just, I know it sounds a little clunky as a segue, but they'll love it. Right, keep the focus on you, get the message across that you need to, mm-hmm. and then bounce the ball back in their court. Yeah, and if you and feel like it's something that they might want to follow up, that the two of you might have some business sort of, um, of mutual benefit, then if it's just you and another person, you say, I would love to talk to you more about this. Could we set up something? Okay, but then turn it over to them. Excellent. So let's do this. When we come back, let's focus on gathering in groups when you're not just one-on-one and you're gathering in groups. So we'll be right back after this commercial break. Stick around. Cover Story. We'll be back after this short break. Dude, fishing in Costa Rica is going to be awesome. Amen, bro. Now that ValueClick Media had netted FastClick, we've got one of the largest online advertising networks fishing us for big bucks. You know, while we're out catching snapper. Hey, Steve, you're coming too, right? No, I'm still using BenAsRUs.com. I can't afford to be away. You've got to work with ValueClick Media. i got this great account manager who's easy to work with, and they have access to the best advertisers and earn me high rates. Don't worry. We'll bring back pictures. Yeah, terrific. Visit ValueClick Media now and click on Solutions for Publishers for more details. Value Click Media. Google AdSense. How do I earn from thee? Let me count the ways. 
Google, you enable me to show targeted ads complementing my site so my visitors keep clicking throughout the day and night. It was so easy to apply and select the ad formats I liked. Since I've discovered AdSense, I've been filled with delight. So earn more with matching ads and you too can discover how. Just visit google.com slash AdSense now. Admit it, you've been working way too hard this year. Targeting traffic, optimizing your search engines, evaluating domains, and let's not forget long hours in traffic just to spend quality time with your family. Now imagine yourself in a lush tropical paradise, surrounded by the sights and sounds of tropical island music and fun, along with all of your friends in the B2B marketplace. Well, pack your bags and come down to Search Bash, Jamaica! WebmasterRadio.fm invites you to a weekend of island bliss. Webmaster Radio presents Search Bash Jamaica. September 15th through the 18th in the Grill, Jamaica. Log on now to SearchBash.com and sign up today. You know how big our Search Bash parties are. Now imagine a fabulous, all-inclusive, fun-filled weekend in a tropical island paradise. Rooms are filling up fast, so sign up now. Webmaster Radio presents Search Bash Jamaica. September 15th through the 18th in the Grill, Jamaica. Don't miss out. Log on to SearchBash.com. Calm now. Commercials off. Now back to Cover Story. We're reserving a headline for you. Only on Webmaster Radio.fm. Here's your host. Hey there, this is Brandy Shapiro Babin, and I am back with my featured guest, Margaret Shepard. She is the author of The Art of Civilized Conversation, A Guide to Expressing Yourself with Style and Grace. Welcome back, Margaret. Yes, hello. Hi there. So we, we've, we've talked about a lot, of, a lot of different things, the shy person, getting past being shy, looking at it like, you know what, you're being self-centered. Stop being so self-centered and put your best foot forward because, you know what, you're an interesting person, there's other interesting people out there, and everyone's got something that they can give to one another. You got and the message. That's perfect. Yay. Rock on. So we love that. And just, you know, put yourself in a different, and I like how you phrased it, put yourself in a different mind space so you can move forward. We all have agendas. Let's go out there and knock the cover off the ball. We got through the, the prickly pear scenarios of how having to deal with icky, snickly people. And now, and we've talked about the extrovert, how to put a little governor on your personal self if you happen to be a little um, verbose, as it were. Um, but So now, now you're in a group setting. You know, you're not just having a conversation one-on-one. Maybe you're an extrovert. Maybe you're an introvert. How, how do you insert yourself into a conversation? You know, how do you insert yourself into that conversation with ease and grace? Um, it depends where you are. It depends whether you're, you know, in a small room, big room, sitting around a table, standing up, sitting down, whether you're all the same age, whether there's background noise. Sometimes that's a huge factor in group dynamics, and it really pays to think about that one ahead of time if you have any control over it. Um, I mean, if you've ever been in a loud restaurant when you're trying to have a really good group dynamic it just cuts it all up into little pieces because you, you can't hear more than one person at a time. Right, think about right. Those, yeah, those things really matter in group dynamics. I think a really important part is eye contact and body language um, 
there are so many subtleties to this that that's one reason I, I just advocate for face-to-face personal conversations rather than uh, online exclusive relationships where, yeah, there may be a lot of people in your virtual community, mm-hmm. but you're missing that whole dimension of, of sight. Oh, agreed, agreed. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's something to be said for, you know, the inflection when you, when you, um, you know, when, when you write something. There's so many ways yeah. to take that. And you miss something in the inflection of, of, of the voice and the raise of an eyebrow, of the gesture of a hand. You know, I'm, I'm talking to you right now. I happen, I happen, if someone ever took my hands away, you know. Yeah, I'm waving my arms around on, <laughs> on all these <laughs> interviews. Um, let me suggest one thing, and uh, that is that they've done a lot of studies in this area of how people act when they're talking to each other in a group. And one thing that people do just over and over and over again is they mimic the um, hand and the, the gestures and the arm positions and the posture of the person that they're listening to and agreeing right. with. Right, right. Right, or the rocking all of a sudden. And I found myself doing that as well. Yeah. Someone starts to rock back and forth, and all of a sudden you rally, oh, look, we're on a boat in yeah. the middle of a conference hall, and we're both rocking back yeah. and forth. No, it's the funniest, and it's, it's very basic. I mean, it's very human. Right. Um, and it's, it's kind of a vote of confidence where you really, you're not even aware of it. And you would miss that whole kind of simpatico um, aura if you were just, I mean, even, you know, just talking on the phone. I find phone conversations are even harder than online conversations. You know, at least you can really? stop and think. Yeah. Yeah, I find it very disconcerting to be saying so much and having no visual clue whatsoever. You know, and I think, and it's interesting for me, I, I definitely love being in person with someone because, I mean, there is no replacing, yeah. like the, the complete three-dimensional you. Yeah. You know, you you who lives near Clarendon and has a cat and, you know, I mean, that's illustrated you. Um, but, I, you know, it's interesting. But I'm, I personally am so used to having conversations over the phone. Yeah. You know, although the interesting thing for me is the, the difference between talking to someone on the phone that you haven't met and you can't help but conjuring up what they look like and you sort of talk to them based on this picture you've sort of created in your mind. Yeah. Because we don't consciously realize that versus then meeting them in person and thinking, wow, if I had really known that you look like that, my conversation may have gone a little differently and how interesting it is that we all have maybe prejudices. Mm, I think you, it's not pre- I don't know if that's the correct word. But yeah. No, you know, it's, it's, just, it's like vocabulary. There's just kind of a vocabulary of seeing somebody. They've made these various choices. No, you're not prejudiced if you just enjoy knowing them through the choices they've made not through the things that they can't help, like race or height or gender, but through, you know, you see how they dress, what they pick, when they can pick what they're going to put on. I mean, no, no, what I'm saying about is if you've, Wait, no, no, I'm saying if, you, if you've just spoken to someone on the phone but you've never met no. them before... No, you lack that then. What I'm saying is sometimes you can't... I, for me, like, I, I have a vision in my head, let's say, of what you look like. And on a subconscious level, I'm connecting with you and we're chatting. Yeah based on what I believe yeah. your whole person is, mm-hmm. okay? And then, you know, I maybe when I meet you in person, you look different from how I anticipate, and I realize, isn't that amazing? Like, I made a true connection with her, but 
Had I met her first, I may not have related to her the way that I did over the phone because I conjured up what I believe she she looked like or or her persona was. Did, yeah, that make it's sense more about to you? you. I mean, in a way, you keep the ownership of your picture of the person. Right. Like a lot of people say to me, "Oh, you know, when they meet me, oh, I thought you'd be blonde," which I'm not exactly sure what that means. Uh, people used to meet me because I wrote my first book when I was 30 and people in the field of calligraphy which they associate mm-hmm. with you know old ladies so they'd meet me and say oh I thought you'd be older so, right I mean, but how do you reply to that I mean come on right you're like well thanks but I'm not I mean <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I always think it's funny to have an email relationship with someone and you've never seen their handwriting Right, because there is so much. Well, and today, unfortunately, there's not as much hand, handwriting being done, but you can tell a lot by a person by their handwriting. Yeah, and you just know them a little better. I mean, you know what they, you know that part of them. It's. I think that, that we're going to see a kind of pendulum swing back from quite so much online virtual relationships. Now, maybe that sounds just like an old grouch, but... I think that people have found where the weak spots and strengths are in online communities. And certainly in other countries, I think there's a lot more reliance on personal, family, neighborhood, face-to-face relationships. Now, I'm going out on a limb, and you may want to talk the other way. Okay, no, good. Go out on a limb. We love that. Yeah. I mean, I, I find... Uh, you would think that a book like my uh, previous book about the art of the handwritten note would just be a voice in the wilderness, but lots and lots and lots of people make use of the handwritten notes. And for just the kind of reasons that we've been talking about here, slow down, take a little more time, show people that you're willing to go to a little trouble for them. And I'll tell you who uses it is politicians and fundraisers. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband is uh, in small, high-tech startups, and when he writes people a thank-you note for something or other, they call him up and thank him. I mean, well, it's, it's real. true. Because you know, good manners the are time. not. Yeah, I mean, good manners are not just about a standard of civility, but they're kind of a uh, an extra weapon in your arsenal. Well, no, it's very true, and I think in today's you know super busy busy world that when you take when someone gets a note specifically oh. written by you for someone else they take it to heart and they appreciate the fact that you took the time to sit down and write something specifically yeah. to them not shoot something off in an email not respond in an instant message but that you took the time like i have my aunt and uncle are amazing that way you know i mean they mm-hmm. send out cards for i mean they remember everybody's birthday this is my aunt jane and my uncle jerry they send out um, uh, cards for everybody's birthday. I think they even remember, like, your your pet's birthday. And there's always, like, a lovely handwritten letter in there. And these are things that I keep because, you know, most people may remember things or maybe don't remember things and they still love you, but they make it a point to do that, and that's a huge standout. Well, and that's what right. I meant by art. Art is a little more than the absolute minimum. You know, it's taking something and doing more than really is called for. And I just think that's that's what's so great about the human race is that there are there is this thing called art which is extra you know it's mm-hmm. what we are when we're better than we have to be which i think should be a standard 
for everybody because the only way that you can grow in this world, I'm just a very firm believer, the more, the more you experience in life, you know, the, you know, the more people that you meet and the more that you put yourself out there, the more that you're going to understand your, about yourself and those around you. And it makes you a better person if you try to be the best that you can be because at the end of the day, you know, you've got to look at yourself. You know, you've got to go to sleep at night and feel good about it yourself and you've got to get up in the morning and look at the mirror and feel good about yourself. Yeah, well, that's it in a nutshell. And I think when, as you were asking earlier, I mean, you know, well, how do you start a conversation? Um, the more you've done that kind of thing and interacted with people, the more you there is there, you know, the more of you you've made. I mean, without other people, you're nothing. And so these things that I've been putting in my books are just about how to make you a better you. You need other people for that, and you need the best kind of interaction. And that, I, I still go back to that, that it's, it's live conversation as sort of the gold standard of how to interact with people. Everything else is good, too, but until you've had some live conversations, you haven't really done the very best that can be done. Well, it is true, and you, know, you mentioned your husband's in you know, um, high-tech startups. You know, he's he's in a scenario where he needs to, um, you know, get information so that he can stay ahead of the curve and, and grow a small startup oh, yeah. in, into yeah. a, a sizable, formidable organization. And how do you do that? You keep your finger on the pulse of what's going on in the industry. How how you know, other than reading trade publications and et cetera, it's speaking to colleagues, making connections with people who are in similar companies, competitor companies. Um, you know, peripheral companies so that you can share ideas and help to expand. And listening. I mean, I listen, yeah. he's on the phone a lot, and an awful lot of it is just sitting there listening. What, to gain information? Yeah, exactly. And, and to extend that relationship, which I think is really important, and I think that people don't, and, you know, truly an emphasis on what you're saying on the art of listening. Mm-hmm. You know, shut up sometimes. Yeah. Not you, Margaret. Yeah. I'm not going to yeah. tell you to shut up. Well, maybe I will. Shut up, Margaret. You know, well, I, like I didn't mean you. <laughs> In fact, reporters are taught to ask a question and then stop asking. Just sit there silently, and if the person is uncomfortable enough with the silence, they'll keep talking, and they'll tell you what you want to hear. But if you keep asking questions and talking and talking and talking, you won't get the interview. Right, this is true. Although there, there is, a, there is a, a method of thinking, too, that sometimes, you know, depending upon the scenario, is you might want to repeat the question again in a little different way so it allows ah. the person to collect their thoughts. Yeah, yeah, that's true, too. You know, which, which is nice. And sometimes, you know, if someone doesn't res- respond back to you quick enough, sometimes maybe what you've asked them is so provoking that they need a moment to take a step back to collect their thoughts and then speak because they may not be as quick-witted as you are. And I think that um, perhaps people should take note of that as well. Yeah. You know, and not take it as a, ooh, they didn't want to talk to me. It's no. You ask them a pretty provoking question and take a step back and, and you know, let, let them have a moment to, to take pause and then they can deliver an eloquent answer. I think that's why some of the best conversations take place around um, a meal table, that when people are eating, there are just naturally silences when you have to chew your food, and there are breaks in the conversation when the food circulates or you talk about the food or you toast or 
whatever, that it breaks it down a little more so that people do have time to think and to mm-hmm. feel and just kind of paces the conversation so it isn't so intense. I think, I think that's extremely well said. And talk about pacing ourselves. Let's take a quick break and pay a little homage to our fabulous advertisers, and we will be right back with our featured guest, Margaret Shepard. Stick around. Cover Story. We'll be back after this short break. Click Tracks, all new version 6. Prepare to segment your visitors and build custom reports on the fly with the most comprehensive and intuitive web analytics programs on the planet. Dan Noyes, president of Zephoria.com, writes, Click Tracks is like a religion to us. We rarely consult our clients on site or campaign changes without first seeing what Click Tracks reveals. Sign up for your free trial today. Your only risk, you may end up in our next commercial. ClickTracks.com, turning your future into a fortune. Over 4,000 clients around the world are utilizing effective content-based solutions from InfoSearch Media with the expertise of over 200 professional copywriters to work for you. Studies show that the number one factor visitors consider before making a purchase online is trust. And nothing creates more trust and loyalty than well-written, informative content. High-quality content also generates free search engine traffic. Content is Definitely King. Visit InfoSearchMedia.com today. How do you choose the right affiliate program to partner with? Hey, all we're trying to do is make the most money in the least amount of time. The answer is simple. JoeBucks.com, the world's leading herbal affiliate program. JoeBucks.com is the direct manufacturer, so there's no middleman. This will allow you to make up to 50% the highest payouts on the net and also get paid twice a month. Sign up today and watch your income grow. JoeBucks.com. 3 a.m. traveling to a conference in Oklahoma City. Steve Talbot's Ford Escort radiator hose bursts near the town of Hooker. He types Hooker Escort Hookup into another local search engine's one-box search. He has a great time that he can't expense. TrueLocal.com. Two boxes. One click. Great results. Commercials off. Now back to Cover Story. We're reserving a headline for you. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's your host. Welcome back, everyone. We're rounding into the final segment here on Cover Story. And I've got, again, my featured guest, which is uh, the author of The Art of Civilized Conversation, A Guide to Expressing Yourself with Style and Grace. Margaret Shepard, welcome back. Thank you. Ah, so a lot of things to think about. First impressions, how to introduce yourself in large groups, how to overcome your shyness. Uh, you know, now let's talk about, you, you brought up an interesting subject, and, and, and friends of mine, we had a birthday party for um, a very good friend of mine in Chicago this past week. And we had, you know, it was a, it was a fairly, I think there were like 15 or 16 people. So what they did was they had everyone go around the table, and which was interesting because we pretty much all knew each other, and like mm-hmm. sort of like introduced ourselves to each other. Hmm. And it was really interesting to see the different styles that people used. Ah. What they thought of themselves in the group. Right. Like, you know, what's important, you know, what what do I believe is important 
to share about me that would be interesting to this group. How would you go about helping someone to sort of, you know, like an introduction of you? Not you personally. I mean, you can do you, but, you know, just, you know, in like a dinner kind of conversation, you're invited to a group dinner or you're, you know, and everyone's sort of going around and introducing themselves. Is there a formula you can use to help sort of very concisely say who you are and that can be amended depending upon like, who that group of people is? Mm, boy, I mean, the, mo- the more you know about the group, the, the more relevant things you can show about yourself. Um, I'd say keep it focused on you as you are right there. I find it a little tiresome when people constantly want to talk about their children. Uh, If I don't know their children, and I probably won't ever actually get to meet them. I mean, that's a very important thing to them, but it's not important within the confines of the group. Right. Um, You know, don't drag in sort of where you went to school or what your SAT scores were or, I mean, issues that you had in high school. Um, don't drag in unresolved things about right. yourself. I mean, I mean, give something that's kind of a, a gift to the group that they can unwrap and use as, you know, to contribute to what the group is doing. Right, and, and, and as, a way, as a way for them to get to know you a little bit more yeah. easily. Yeah, I mean, one good thing is, is to make reference briefly to your hobbies. I mean, yeah, your job <coughs> is very, you know, is, is at the core of maybe why you're there in the group or your old school connection or your neighborhood, but let them know you, your other interests because as you get older you'll find that people have very passionate and mature and developed interests that are almost as important as their jobs. And they'll respect you for having any at all, but also you may find you overlap with people outside the job. And that's really good. That's a second layer of connectedness. Absolutely. So now how do you gracefully say goodbye? Ah, I have to go now. Um, Okay. Yeah, I mean, you just say, I have to go now. You can add sort of cushions, like, it's been really interesting. But don't say, we must get together sometime, I'd like to see you again, Um, we should do lunch. Don't say that unless you mean it. I think goodbyes are very important to be truthful. Don't leave the person person expecting something that you're not going to deliver. Okay, you know what, so on that note, we've actually pressed <laughs> at the top of the hour. You have to go now, right? <laughs> we we do have to go now, so I'm going to try this yeah. one out on you, okay? Yeah. So, um, Margaret, we've, we've, we've ended our interview. It's been a pleasure interviewing you. Uh, for everyone else, again, the name of Margaret's book is The Art of Civilized Conversation, A Guide to Expressing Yourself with Style and Grace. And I hope that when I'm in Boston again next and I'm walking in the back bay, I trip over your cat. I hope so, too, and you know what? Let's go out for coffee together. That would be <laughs> okay, let's try to make that happen. Yep. All right, sounds wonderful, Margaret. Thank you very much for coming and sharing. Uh, and just have a fabulous rest of your week. You too. Thank All you right, very everyone. much. Bye-bye. Thank you very much. Enjoy, and we will be right back. Okay. Okay. 